Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Unlimited. Today, we are talking about visioning. I've talked a lot about visioning, as you may be aware. I've referenced it quite a bit because it is a core part of everything (laughs) when it comes to intentionally living. I talked about it especially in episode seven, Can I Make Plans Yet?, and episode 22, the last episode, about creating your ideal day. However, I have not really dug into the nitty-gritty of doing it, so I figured we would take an episode to really dive in, because it is such an important part, and so it would be good to look at how does one do this? (laughs) And it's come to my attention that especially right now in the springtime, we're feeling a calling to do something. We see hope on the horizon with the vaccine. And there's there's this energy now with spring of planting those seeds, but you can't really plant the seeds until you've planned out the plot, until you know what are you actually planting and what's important about that to you. So, In this episode, we are going to be talking about what is visioning exactly, why is it important, why you don't do it, and how do you do it once you get over the reasons that you don't do it. So this is a topic that I didn't get for a long time that I really struggled with, and I'm excited to share it with you. So without further ado, let's get started. Hey there, I'm Valerie Friedlander, Certified Life Business Alignment Coach, and this is Unlimited. This podcast bridges the individual and the societal, scientific and spiritual, positive and negative, nerdy and no, there's just a lot of nerdy. (laughs) Come on board and let's unlock a life that's as badass as you are. first time that I came across the idea of a vision, or at least that I can think of, would be in job interviews where you'd be asked what your vision for yourself in five years was. And before that, not said in the terms of visioning, but I think that question of what do you want to be when you grow up is definitely a question about like what your vision is. And I've come to kind of hate that question because one, I still don't know. And two, it really invites you to put yourself into a box because it's so focused on a career and like saying, I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that, like these roles that we have. And as someone who played by the rules a lot, like that was kind of my life was playing by the rules. My vision I would say like my visioning capacity was was kind of limited. Like it wasn't something that we talked about or or looked at or that I even knew how to do. Like my mom would say be open to the realm of all possibilities. And that felt really overwhelming. I'm like, could you just tell me the place I'm supposed to go that everything will work and the steps to get there and let me play in between here and there, 
and be creative and and then we're all good, right? Like that that'll work. And <laughs> um no, because no one else can plot your life out for you. Yet society does that a lot, like these subconscious beliefs about the way things are supposed to work and the rule book that we all kind of get handed by the questions that we get asked when we're kids and the things that are presented to us. Whether we perceive our parents' journey as good or bad, everything gets put into these boxes of like, this is good, this is bad. You want to do this, you don't want to do that. And, you know, our brains like patterns. So we tend to play these things out in a very subconscious, or I should say unconscious way. And I know that was true for me. I followed the path that you're supposed to follow. I did all the right things, the societally right things. I got married in my early 20s to a man that I met in college, right at the end of college, but still, you know. And then I developed a lucrative corporate career post-college. We got married and bought a house in the suburbs. I had two children. I mean, and and all throughout this, I was doing a lot of self-work to address patterns of codependency in my life and be more present and enjoy life more, less on the roller coaster of emotions and, and things like that. So I was doing all the right things, and yet I was not happy. Like there were pieces of my life that I was happy with, but overall I felt like I was like white knuckling everything, like just holding it all together as though I I could fail at any of it at any time. And I thought, well, I I have done something wrong here. <laughs> I have I have missed something. I I have all the things except the white picket fence. I have I have done all the steps and now I'm supposed to be living this happy life and I am not. And actually I I saw flashes of the patterns that had led my mom to lose all of her energy and need to take a a break. I thought what did I miss? What did I screw up? What's broken that I didn't fix? Well, here's the thing. Nothing was broken. I just didn't know how to do me now. Like the me that I had created, I didn't have a vision for. I had achieved all of the things that had been laid out in front of me as what you were supposed to achieve. And I wasn't sure what came next or how to imagine what came next even cuz it honestly wasn't something that i ever really did and and when i did it was more like a kind of poking at it and then going maybe maybe not like i'm i don't know if that'll work so so i'm not going to do that so i see visioning is really important as something that's that's really important to learn how to do because a vision is like a, a guide, a grounding, a, a touchstone for what you create. And not just what you create, but how you create it. So 
my fear was always that I would choose the wrong thing, that I would vision the wrong thing, and then I would get it and be unhappy. And this is, this is the fear of success. So we have the fear of failure and we have the fear of success. The fear of failure is basically what it sounds like, the fear that you will not actually be able to achieve what you want. The fear of success is the fear that you will get what you want and turns out that it's not actually what you want. That So then ultimately you will have failed even though you succeeded. And this is not something that oftentimes is a conscious thing. It's just one of the reasons why we create resistance. So when you notice that you're feeling stuck or resisting something, that may be part of what's going on. This is usually something that we uncover as we dig into, oh, well, that's what's going on there. And ultimately, it's tied to stories about who you believe you are or what you believe that you can have and also what you believe life looks like or what's possible in life. So those limiting beliefs. So uncovering those stories, those things that you've picked up that your subconscious mind is continuing to seek validation of, because that's what our brain does in the background. It's like validating everything. So it's looking for the things that say, oh, yes, I was right. (laughs) Um, Not exactly the most helpful thing when you have stories that maybe you don't want to be perpetuating. So uncovering those is important, as is having a vision. My visioning process was always, okay, what do I have and how do I fit what I want into what I can have or what I think I can have or what I already have? Like, how do I take everything that's already here and make it work and fit myself in somewhere in the cracks? This is not what I recommend doing. (laughs) It's kind of like when you have a room full of stuff that's really cluttered. Sometimes you just stand in that room and you look around and you're like, oh my God, like this is not even happening. This is, I I don't even know where to start. You feel overwhelmed by all the stuff. So starting visioning, you really need to step away from all of that stuff and pause and clear this space because a vision, a true vision isn't about what you think you can have. It's tapping into something greater. Rosabeth Mass Cantor, who is a fellow sociologist, said that a vision is not just a picture of what could be. It's an appeal to our better selves, a call to become something more. To be able to become something more, you have to step out of the room or the box that you are currently in. And that takes your imagination and getting a little creative. What helped me do that was thinking about visioning a little bit differently. But before we get to how to do that, let's talk a little bit about what the purpose of a vision is. Now, we kind of have this idea of like, okay, that it's it's moving us forward. It's like like a, a touchstone. It grounds any plan that you wish to achieve. So it's the centering point that helps you 
be clear on the way in which you're going to move forward. So it's not just about where you imagine yourself being. That's part of it. But primarily, it's about the way you imagine yourself feeling. Now, if you think about like a a corporation, a, a company, so maybe if you're an entrepreneur, this may be something that you've looked at is like the idea of having a mission statement and a vision statement. The mission statement is like the roadmap for your vision statement. So it kind of, it gives more of the details, the plan of the way you're going to engage. The vision is like the purpose. What, what is the hope? What is what you're trying to achieve? And, and actually hope is a key word here because hope is what a vision creates. It creates a sense of hope. However, that may actually be one of the reasons why we don't create one is because of the fear of disappointment, right? Like I said before, that fear of of possibly failing, either failing directly or failing indirectly because you didn't get what you thought you wanted, which ultimately is the feeling. This is why when we create plans for, or, you know, New Year's resolutions, and I've talked about this before, why we don't follow through is because when that plan pulls us too far away from our vision, i.e. how we imagine ourselves feeling, we feel that, we, we can sense that, and we can burn out because of it. So having a vision also galvanizes you, motivates you, it gives you this purpose, this sense of connectedness. So if you're working with more than just one person, having a vision helps coalesce the group. When people have bought into this vision, this purpose of the action that you're planning to take, that you're striving towards. So I actually say that like beyond just the the company, having a company vision, having buy and having strong leadership around that vision, that's true in the home too. So if you have a spouse, you have a family unit, having work together around a vision is really key. And this is actually something that my husband and I did when I was in that space of like, okay, I've done all the things. I have all the things. Why am I miserable? And building resentments towards him for things in our dynamics and our relationship that weren't the way I wanted them to be. Because I was partly blaming him for being unhappy because I was like, well, it's clearly your job that's making me unhappy because I did all the right things. So it's it's got to be it's got to be you and and the dynamic here <laughs> um certainly was contributing however some of it was just we we didn't have a a cohesive vision for ourselves we were just going through the autopilot of okay well this is the next thing you do and this is the next thing you do we didn't have a unifying idea of what we were creating so Doing that work together of, well, what are we looking to create? What is this that we we want in our home, the experience of living together as a couple, as a family? Without that, we couldn't build a plan. We couldn't build strategies to support that. And that's ultimately what the strategies are. What you're actually creating is 
is the steps that support the vision. But you can't create steps to support a vision if you don't have a vision. (laughs) So, So having that vision is really key, whether it's a company, whether it's a household, a team, any kind of team, or just you as an individual. And actually, when I'm working with couples, I recommend that each person take time, couples or business partners, take time to do the visioning on their own because stepping outside the box that you tend to exist in, we all do this, we all tend to exist in a box because it makes it easier for us to do things, for our brain just functions more efficiently that way. But it's not helpful for creating a vision. So taking a moment to step outside of that without any additional influence and really imagining that and then coming together and seeing where the crossovers are and how they mesh together because then you can create this unifying vision and emphasize the components that each person brings to the table that represent what they have to offer and what motivates them and bring all of those together. And especially if you have codependent tendencies where you tend to put yourself on the back burner for what other people want and like, I'm going to fit myself into into the cracks of what exists. And our society is full of that, especially for women. So it's really hard to step out of it. Again, tends to be part of the box that our brain functions in. So stepping out of that is really key. So how do we do that? Let's talk about what that actually can look like. I tend to recommend doing something creative that's going to tap into that creativity. So it's one of the reasons why I like vision boards, because that is a creative activity. It's it's like creating art. It pulls you out of the way that analytical brain likes to think and those things that you think you can have and helps you tap more into the aesthetics of life, the experience of life, because ultimately that's what we're creating. You've heard me say this before if you've listened to any previous podcast because I say it a lot, but a vision is consisting of who do you want to be? Like how do you envision yourself showing up to life? What are the characteristics of that best self that you imagine shows up to the life that you want to have? So maybe you don't know the specifics of the life you want to have, but you know how you want to feel, how you want to experience life, and the way you want to engage life, and also the impact that you have on other people and and maybe the world. So maybe you have that bigger sense of things. Maybe it's it's more just how you want to show up with your kids or how you want to show up with your colleagues or coworkers or or whoever in your life. How you want to show up with the person that you pass walking down the street. It's the people that you meet when you're walking down the street. They're the people that you meet each day. <laughs> Sesame Street, anyone? Okay, that's fun little fact. At least pre-COVID, when I would walk down the street, when it was nice and warm here in Chicago, I'd smile at people walking down the street and 
that was the little song would start playing in my head. Anyway, <laughs> little picture inside Valerie's head. So taking a moment to to tap into that person. Who is that that person? Like and maybe it's thinking about someone that you admire, someone that you're like, gosh, it'd be so cool to be them for a day or they're so amazing or whatever. What do you think they're like? What are the characteristics that you think are amazing? Because oftentimes we'll just do this general like, oh, they're so amazing. Wow. And we judge our insides by their outsides. We know nothing about them. So like let's put that down for a minute. But what do you what do you imagine they're like? What what about them is attractive? Write those things down because those things tie into your vision. They're ultimately more about you than they are about that other person, which makes them really valuable information about what you want to create in your life. And I keep using that word create because that is key here. This is about you creating your life, not just where you think you'll be, but who you're being now. And this is the critical component that actually can help take some of the pressure and the fear of failure out of the visioning process is bringing it into the now. Because the more you are living in the now in alignment with the vision that you have of yourself in the future, the more flexible you are and the more able you are to embrace things not looking the way you expect them to. So not that you wouldn't plan for the future, not that you wouldn't say, okay, I want this thing, but if you didn't get it, you wouldn't get completely derailed because whatever actions that you took were in alignment with that person that you want to be, the way you want to experience life. So if it doesn't happen, it's not like, oh, I did all that work for nothing. I I pushed and sacrificed and struggled for nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, no, no one, that would be really upsetting. It really would. But the more you're engaging in the moment, then the more you can kind of roll with it. Or maybe you get the thing and you're like, oh, that wasn't what I expected it would be. Then that's just information because you're still showing up and being the person that you want to be. Also, you are more likely to like what you get. Not, not promising that you will 100%, but you are more likely to because of the way you got it. Plus, the actions that you're taking are going to be more sustainable because they're aligned with the person you want to be. Now, this also doesn't mean that you're going to be happy all the time. It's all going to be rainbows and unicorns. As much as I love rainbows and unicorns, and you can totally have rainbows and unicorns all the time, but emotionally speaking, not that it's always going to be like that. It's still going to be moving you forward. So if you focus on how do you want to feel, what what do you see in that space? So one thing is 
doing the the more creative activity. So vision board, maybe it's a mind map, maybe it's just a, a word dump and you use multiple colors as you do your word dump. Something creative, something that's not your analytical brain. I also generally recommend when you start doing a visioning that you do some sort of meditation, something to ground yourself in the present moment, something to pull you into your body and to really be there. I always talk about like feeling your feet on the floor because that really brings you into the moment. And I know some people like love to put their feet on the earth because that gives that that kind of connected energy of being in the now. Because now is what you have. Now is where life is. So being present, being here right now, and then what are what are your best qualities? What are the things that you admire in others? What are things that people say they admire in you? If you're not sure what those things are, ask. One of the exercises that we did when I was in my coach training was to actually call some people, call like three people, and ask them what they admired about us. Like, And that, it feels awkward, but you can just say, hey, this is an assignment. <laughs> That's I always, I always say, go ahead and make it an excuse. Like, make an excuse. This is, this is important. Ask. Post on Facebook. Make it like one of those chain things. Invite other people to do the same thing. Like, what's one word you think of? Or, you know, maybe what's, what are the things that you think of when you think of me? Whatever it is, right? Like, ask for that feedback. Ask for that input. It might feel awkward, but that's okay. A lot of times we don't see the things that other people see in us. We take our gifts for granted because they come naturally to us. So of course we do. We don't think about it. So doing that, adding that to your mind map, another piece that can help when you're doing a visioning is having some areas to focus on. So looking at the different areas of your life that you want to make sure that you explore So it could be your relationships, your social relationships, your intimate relationships, your family, your career, your finances, what you do for fun. What are your values? What are the things that are most important to you to honor in your life? What are your aesthetics? What do you see around you? Like if you were to close your eyes and take a breath and Imagine that you were surrounded by the life that you would love to be living. What do you see in it? What do you imagine? Are, are there particular things that pop up? or and, and what about those things are important to you? What is the purpose of that thing in your life? And that's another key component is knowing what the purpose of it is. Because you may go get that thing and realize, oh, well, that was not, that was not what I really wanted. But if you know what the purpose of it is, then you can you can assess that and you can find something that fits better. There's this story of a guy who always wanted a red Mercedes, always wanted this red Mercedes. And then when he got the Mercedes, it just sat in the garage because the purpose of the Mercedes was this thrill of driving it that was only 
achievable going over like 100 miles per hour, which you can't really do in regular life. But if you're like, oh, I I just, I can't have that, then it's just going to sit in the garage. But if you know that's what you're looking for, then you can create it. You can go, okay, I'm going to go to this range. I'm going to find a place where I can drive and schedule that in so that you actually get to do the thing that you wanted, what the purpose was. Or you can go, you know what? The purpose of this is to have a thrill. I actually don't find this as thrilling as I thought I would, but there are other things that are thrilling that I could do instead. So when you know, how do you want to feel, right? I feel excited. I want to feel adventurous. I want to feel possible. I want to feel whatever, whatever sparks to you. I want to feel fun. A lot of my clients will have that as a as a core value of of having fun. And yet their fun is compressed into these little spaces because of this belief that they can't have fun and be working. So if you're having fun, you're actually being lazy. It's a terrible social story, but it's one that plays out if you haven't pulled it out and identified where it's showing up in the places of your life and all the little habits because beliefs like that like to hide in in all the ways that you do life. So it's not just one thing. It's everything. Because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So a belief like that will be kind of embedded. So this is why taking that time to really vision what you want outside of what you have now, what you think you can have, what you believe is possible. Just put that aside and do the visioning. And then look at what's important about these things. What draws you to this? So again, with the vision board, if you're going through magazines or maybe you're just scrolling through Pinterest, maybe you typed in homes and you're scrolling through Pinterest, like what about this draws you? So for me, one of the things that draws me is having a house with a porch. What draws me about a porch? I can tell you right now, part of it is having space, like having this this open, like very open space that's still mine that I can be on, that I can just sit on, but also has a potential for socialization and sun. That is so appealing. Now, do I have to have a porch to have that? No, I don't. Is that that would be nice? And so that's something I can strive for. But knowing that that's important to me, then I can look for places to create it. I can look for opportunities. And part of it is having space. So where could I go? When could I schedule time for myself to go have that space? And now that it's nice outside and not cold, that feels more accessible. Bottom line is you need to know what you want. So taking that space to vision can help you tap into what you want and not just what you want, but why you want it. What about that is important? Because the more clear you are in that, the more you can take action 
that matches that, which will make it easier to take action, which will help you move towards what you want. And I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this word before, almost positive. It's probably like everywhere. You're probably going to listen to this and go, Val, yes, you've said it a million times. (laughs) But one of my favorite words is cottywomple. It's British slang, and it means to walk intentionally toward a vague destination. And I truly believe that that is what life is, because we can only control ourselves. We can't control anything else in the world. We can influence it. We can impact it, but we can't control it. So if you know that you're the only one that you can control, then being able to be intentional with how you show up and what you do with the way you engage life and the experience of life that you create around you, that's how you move in the world. And then this vague destination, you may have a specific idea in mind, but it could end up being different again, because we only have control over ourselves. So being okay with it being a vague destination helps us release attachment to outcome and instead kind of think of life as this big experiment. I get to control what I mix together and and how I do the experiment, but I don't necessarily know exactly what the outcome will be. And that can be exciting or it can be intimidating. And it really just depends on how you're engaging the process. Visioning isn't something that you can get perfectly right because it is something that changes. As new factors come into your life, your vision may change, just like your values and which values have prevalence in your life and kind of the percentages at which you you emphasize those values. Your vision shifts as new information comes in and as life happens, and that's okay. So I recommend taking time at least once a year, if not more often, to really dig in and engage that vision, do something creative, and allow yourself to think outside the box to what you want, why you want it, what about it is important to you. This is a process that can be difficult to do on your own because, again, we all are in our own boxes. And And especially when you're stressed, which, hey, who hasn't been really stressed recently? It's it's harder to see beyond the blinders that our survival mode puts up that keep us just putting out fires instead of feeling like we can create something different. Creativity is not exactly the most compatible thing with survival mode. Because survival mode is focused on surviving, you know, as in not dying. And creativity is more expansive. So survival mode will pull us to stare at the problem, stare at what we don't want, and then we create an avoidance of. So we're not actually creating, we're running away from, we're we're 
either fighting against something or we're pulling ourselves away from or trying to get away from it. But the focus is still on the thing we don't want. So where your attention goes, your energy flows. So your energy is on the thing you don't want. So you're not actually able to see other possibilities. So like if you're right up against a wall, you're standing right next to a wall, your nose is touching the wall, all you can see is a wall. And you're like, well, either I break down the wall or I give up. And that's how you experience it. That's the way your brain processes it. Whereas if you can step back, you may realize that actually it's like a two-foot wall. There's there's plenty. I can just go around this thing. Or it's actually really short. I can grab a footstool and climb over it. But you don't see those options when you're in that survival mode. It takes being able to step back. And, and sometimes that can be really difficult. So having support to do this can be helpful. So I am taking one of my popular in-person workshops and I'm bringing it into the online space because, hey, it's still COVID. So <laughs> that's, that's where we are at right now. But I've done a lot of visioning work with clients. I have done visioning guides for people. And so I'm excited to bring this workshop to everyone who hasn't been able to come to any of my live workshops or even if you have and you just want a refresher, I welcome you to this. Now, this is a workshop. This is not a training or webinar or anything like that. So there's a limited number of spots available. But if it's popular enough, I will do it again. <laughs> so if you would like support creating what you want in the now, we're stepping into this new space of post-pandemic. And this is an opportunity to decide what do you want your life to look like as we move forward? What impact do you want to make as we move forward? You may have realized that there are things in your life that aren't serving you. There are changes that you want to make. This is a great time to step away from the things that you don't want and really imagine what you're creating in this new space so that you can start building and taking action in a way that's grounded in what you want rather than what you don't want. This is also the foundation for setting boundaries. We didn't talk about boundaries this time, but boundaries are part of creating that plan, that container for how you want to do life and how you teach other people who you are. And you won't do that. You don't do that. It's it's very, very challenging to do that if you don't know who you are or who you want to be. And that best self, having that sense of that will help you then create boundaries that support you being that person, just like I talked about in the creating your ideal day. So if you would like support to do this, to step out of that cognitive analytical brain and go on a creative journey to tap into what you want in your life with a group of people who are there cheering you on doing the same work, then I encourage you to check out this workshop and sign up for it. I am making it a pay what you can because accessibility is really important to me. So while there will be a recommended or encouraged price, if you can't afford that because whatever reason, that's okay. 
I want you to be able to come and do this work with me if you would like to. Whether or not you join me, I hope that this episode has been helpful. If it sparked any ideas and you're like, yes, this is my vision and you would like to share it with me, I would love to hear from you. I love to hear what people's dreams are, what your vision is, and what you want to create I love hearing from you. If I haven't said it before, I'm pretty sure I've said it before because, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm i a people person. Um, then definitely reach out. Shoot me a direct message in Instagram. Send me an email to Valerie at ValerieFriedlander.com and let me know. And I will talk to you all next time. Thanks for listening. I so appreciate you being here. If you got something out of today's episode, please share it. Leave me a review, take a screenshot and post it on social with a shout out to me. Send it to a friend or, you know, all of the above. Want to hang out more? Join me on Instagram. Or better yet, get on my mailing list to make sure you don't miss out on anything. And remember, your possibilities are as unlimited as you are. Allow yourself to shine, my friend. The world needs your light. See you next time. Don't forget to go leave that review so that you can get entered to win one of the three free coaching sessions. If you are like me and not a techie person, I have step-by-step instructions available for you at ValerieFriedlander.com slash coaching week, along with a few other links you might want to check out. So go check that page out and I'll see you all next time.